Now, if kids want to head out now, they can head to reach kids. Now, let's make sure they have a name tag. Otherwise, we uh, don't know who they are and where they came from. So uh, <laughs> make sure they get signed in. That's helpful to us. Um, otherwise, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. So as we've uh, been alluding to, we are finally starting our sermon series, God-Sized Conversations. So we've already uh, kind of heard some of the God-Sized questions from you guys. So throughout uh, this campus, the other campus, Summit Ridge Road campus, and actually throughout all of our Christmas Eve and Christmas outreaches, we've been asking people to submit their questions. They might be questions about theology, questions about God, questions about uh, what it looks like to live the Christian life, maybe something practical in your life. Any questions that you have? And now we're having these uh, God-sized conversations where we get to actually talk to God and, and hear what he has to say. Now this week is a little bit special, a little bit different. Uh, we're looking at kind of a, a, a church question, but also a, a God question. We're asking the question, what is nothing but Jesus? Why do we believe in this nothing but Jesus thing? Why do we talk about it so much? Now, if you're new to Rich Church, you'll know that, uh, you won't know this, but there's kind of this slogan that we use, it's nothing but Jesus. And you'll, you'll hear it in the benediction later, that we, we reach all people with nothing but Jesus, that that's our mission here. And you're wondering, okay, is that really a God-sized question? Is this just a church question? Is this a like, why did the elders choose this of all things? Um, it's partly, partly that. But if we actually look at the scope of history, if we look at the Bible, if you look at every question that has been asked of God, he ultimately asks, answers every question with Jesus. Jesus is the answer that he has given to the suffering of the world, to the needs of our own hearts, to our situation, how to find victory. He's given us Jesus. He's given us nothing but Jesus. That, that is his final answer to all things. And so we're not just asking, why is our church about nothing but Jesus? We're also asking, why is God about nothing but Jesus? Why did he make the church focus so much on Jesus when there's so much more? There's so many things to focus on. Why is it all about him? So that's going to be our goal today is to answer uh, three things first. Uh, what does nothing but Jesus mean? I want to make sure we're all on the same page about that. Uh, why nothing but Jesus? And then how can we actually engage our hearts in that? What does it mean for us personally? With that in mind, uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 and 2. It'll be on the screen too. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 and 2. If you like holding the book, sometimes that makes you feel extra, extra spiritual. You know, if that floats your boat, go for it. Uh, but it's up here too. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Looking at nothing but Jesus. Read with me. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, why did he not come in lofty speech or wisdom? For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Pray with me and we'll jump in. Father, we thank you that you've not called us to lofty speech and wisdom. You've not called us as a church to be these um, amazing innovators, but you have given us this simple message of the gospel. You've given us Jesus and that he is enough. 
that if we're going to change the world, we give people Jesus. If we're going to change people's lives, we give them Jesus. If our lives are going to change and if we are going to, to see victory over sin and freedom from death, we need Jesus. We thank you that he is your answer. Father, would you give us contentment and would you give us a love for Jesus and a desire to know that answer, not just um, intellectually, but in our hearts, that Jesus is the answer to all things. So would you help us, would you fill us with your spirit that we may see Jesus more. Pray this in his name. Amen. All right. So the first question here is, what does nothing but Jesus mean? And I want us to go slow. Some of you are checking out right now because you're like, oh, I've heard this every single time. Um, <laughs> no, what does it mean? Now, when I first uh, look at the context here, this is, uh, this is where nothing but Jesus came from, is uh, from the Bible. That's always a good thing when it comes from the Bible, not from just someone. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Just a little bit of context here. Paul is talking to the, the church in Corinth. Paul is an apostle. He's a leader in the church. He's a, a missionary in the church. And he's writing to this very fancy pants community. The church in Corinth, like, they were well-educated. They were wealthy. And they're used to engaging with the society. And they know that, that society wants things like power or wisdom. They want things like, like beautiful speeches and, and lofty rhetoric and philosophy. And so they're, they're expecting that out of the church. They're expecting that from Paul himself. And they come to Paul and they're essentially saying like, can you, like, can you pick up your game a little bit? You're a little embarrassing for us. We want you to, to look more like the world. We want to engage the world. Help us do that. And this is Paul's response. He says, no, I don't come to you with lofty speech or wisdom. I intentionally choose not to do that because I want to give you nothing but Jesus. Nothing but Jesus and him crucified. He's reasoned through this. And he's deliberately chosen this path. And now, when we talk about Jesus, that doesn't mean we just, I just hope I hear Jesus' name thrown out there somewhere. No, this is a very specific Jesus. Look, Jesus and him crucified. That every time that Paul comes, he's always talking about the cross of Jesus. That Jesus died for sin. That Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. That Jesus died in our place. That the death of Jesus will be everything for you. That he died and he rose to life to give you the glory, to give you your perfection, to give you righteousness, holiness. And so talking with Paul, they, he, he says, like, I resolved to know nothing else. Can you imagine talking to this guy? Like, oh, like, so... Tell me more, Jesus. Like, oh, it's always, always about Jesus. Every single time, the answer is always Jesus, always the cross. Again and again and again. He doesn't know anything else. That's what's going on here. And that's what nothing but Jesus means. Now, most of us think that nothing but Jesus is our theology. It's our doctrine of salvation. And it is. It is. We are saved by Jesus and nothing but Jesus. You cannot save yourself. You will not save yourself. You'll never be good enough. Nothing but Jesus can save you. He must die for your sins to take them away. He must give you his righteousness and perfection. There is no other way to be saved. We believe that wholeheartedly, 100%. You will not save yourself. You cannot save yourself. Please don't try. Nothing but Jesus can save. 
But that's not actually what we're talking about when we talk about nothing but Jesus. Yes, nothing but Jesus is our theology, but it's also our methodology. It's our strategy of reaching people. It's our mission. That's what it is for Paul here. Paul's not saying like, oh, it, be careful. Don't, I, I don't proclaim works. I don't proclaim salvation by, by trying harder. No, that's, that, that's, he's not talking about his theology. He's talking about his methods. That when he comes to people and gives them himself, he gives them Jesus, nothing else. That's what we're saying. Now, a way to remember this, uh, a little analogy for us. So, for those of you who don't know, um, and probably most of you are sick of hearing this, I'm from California. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, it's a great place, and it has another great place there, uh, a world-famous great place, this place called In-N-Out. In-N-Out Burger. All right. In-N-Out has perfected the burger. All right, so it's just subtle things. Subtle things just make it amazing. Okay, so, so they grill their buns, so it just has a little bit of crunch. All right, instead of like that little like sad <coughs> undercolored wafer of lettuce, like they give you some lettuce and like a tomato that like, looks like a tomato. And, uh, and it's just fresh and delicious. Now, I'm not, why am I telling you that? Okay, there's a potluck later, so <laughs> I'm not being that mean. You will get food later. Um, but if you look at their menu, if you look at their menu, here are your food options at In-N-Out. Hamburger. Cheeseburger. You can get a double-double, which is basically double meat, double cheese, and you get fries. All right, that's their menu. That's what you get at In-N-Out. All right, why? Because they perfected the burger. They didn't perfect the chicken sandwich. All right? And that's what they do. And it's short for a reason. That's just what they focus on. All right, if we're seeing the parallels here, uh, all right, we are even more simple than, than In-N-Out Burger. And we have been called to perfect one thing, Jesus. And so we have put Jesus on our menu and nothing else. There's nothing else on the menu at Reach Church but Jesus. If you want, if you want a chicken sandwich, no, you, no. We don't serve hot dogs. We don't serve, we serve Jesus. All right, what does that mean? That means that if you're looking for a liberal church, a conservative church, if you're looking to talk about the wall, if you're looking to make America great again, if you're looking for hope or for universal health care, like, we serve Jesus. I, I hope you like it. If you're looking for a theological, and you're like, oh, you know, I want, I want a neo-Calvinistic superlapsarian, amillennial church with a little bit of side of cessationism. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Give that to me now. All right, uh, <laughs> All right what am I going to say? Like, we got Jesus. <laughs> and it's delicious. Um, <laughs> we have perfected that. Like, and I think, I think you'll like it. We're going to give you Jesus. All right, maybe you're looking for just like, you know, I just want like some, a nice time for my family and just a, some fear of God and let's, uh, let's be better people. Like, no, I'm going to give you Jesus. And like the rest will come, like you'll, that'll be better for you. All right, that's what we're saying here. That's what we're saying with nothing but Jesus. That there's all these things that I could give you that Paul could give these people. 
He give them philosophy. He has tons of philosophy. He has tons of theology. He has tons of biblical knowledge. But he's going to give them Jesus. Because that's what they need and that's what, he, that's what his mission is. Alright, so when we think about nothing but Jesus in here and like our church, we are not going to give you who to vote for on election day. Alright, we're not going to give you like you should, we should go fight for this cause or we're not going to ask you to make theological here, 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 and, and then, you can, then you can be really a part. Like, no, we're going to give you Jesus. And if you want Jesus, you're going to find him here. That's what we're promising. That's what we're about. All right. The question then is, uh, why? Why nothing but Jesus? When there's so many other things that you could have on the menu, and there's churches out there with lots of things on their menu, you've... Uh, there's so many things you want to talk about. Why that? Why just that? And not only why just that, like, is that enough? Is that going to be enough? All right, first, like, why nothing but Jesus? All right, we're focused on nothing but Jesus because God sets the agenda. God makes the menu. We don't. And God has answered all things in Jesus not in politics, not in change, not in just general community. No, in Jesus. That's where he's answered all things. And he's given us a mission, and the mission is to go tell people about the work of Jesus and to help the people out there become disciples of Jesus and for us in our hearts to love Jesus and to follow Jesus and to, to look to the cross for our salvation and not ourselves. That is the mission of the church. To go to Jesus and love Jesus and run to Jesus. And we, we don't want to try to perfect other things. We're not about the chicken sandwich, so we're just going to leave it alone. It's not going to be on the menu. All about Jesus. Okay. I didn't look at any of this. All right. Uh, so then... All right. Some of you are, are kind of get antsy about that. And you say, well, that, that, that's not enough. I'm going to be malnourished. You need to give me more things. If I eat a burger every single day of my life, I'm going to die. All right. You have objections to nothing but Jesus. That you need other things. And there are other things that are important. But hopefully you're going to come with me. So uh, you might say, okay, there's a trinity here. You only focus on one person of the, of the trinity. I was actually, I met a, a Unitarian guy at, uh, Cecil, at the Cecil County Fair, and he's like, so yeah, nothing but Jesus. And I was like, no, different. Like, we do believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit. Like, we, we, I think they're important too. Um, <laughs> we were like, we're Trinitarian. Yeah, uh, that's good. Um, but some people are like, well, what about the Father? We want to hear about the Father. We want to talk about the Father. Why are we just always talking about the Son? And... Another person asked that. Uh, Philip one time asked that of Jesus. He'd been following Jesus for a long time, and he's saying, like, well, okay, Jesus, like, you're always talking about the Father. Can we just see him? We want to see the Father. Please show us the Father. We're kind of, like, done with all the games. Let's just, let's just see the real deal. And what does what Jesus say to him? Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? He challenges that and says, you have seen me. You've seen me, so you've seen the Father. We're, you see the Father in me. And that's where oftentimes we want to talk about the Father and we want to talk about this like vague God out there. And if we're honest about who this Father is, he is holy and he is totally other. And we have no access to that Father. We can't just run to the Father. We're not holy enough. And that's where Jesus comes and he is, he is our means to the Father. He, was, he makes us righteous, who cleanses us so that we can stand in the presence of the Father. And even more than that, he, is, he helps us understand who this Father is. That in Jesus, we have a Father who, who has suffered with us, who we have seen, who we can touch, who can sympathize with our weaknesses. He's not just this God up in the sky raining down terror on us. If we want to see the Father, we want to look at the Son. Now related to that, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. He is a person of the Trinity. Not it is a person of the Trinity. Pet peeve of mine. Uh, he's a person, yeah. Um, but some people are like, okay, we never talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, well, let's see, Galatians 4.6. Galatians 4.6. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God sent the Spirit of his Son. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, just like the Father and the Son are intimately connected, the Holy Spirit and the Son are intimately connected. That we can actually call the Holy Spirit by the name, the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of Christ. Because what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit connects us to Jesus. He applies the work of Jesus. He gives us faith in Jesus. He gives us everything that we need so we can be connected to Jesus and see him and love him and fellowship with him. An analogy for this. All right, so let's say you have a, you have a musician. You have Randy, Randy Voigt. He's a musician. He's, he's, he's going to sing for you. And you need his agent. All right, so you don't call up Randy. Randy won't call you back. Uh, no, he's, well, he's good at that. Um, <laughs> He doesn't have that many gigs to book. Um, not yet. All right. <laughs> but if you had an agent, all right, you call the agent, and the agent gets you set up like, okay, so you want Randy to sing Midnight Cry at your birthday party. Like, we'll get in there. All right. <laughs> he's he's, he's the, the booker. He gets, gets you connected to Randy. Now, what if you called up that booking agent and were like, yeah, I want someone to sing at my party. And you're like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah we have Randy. Like, no, I want you to sing. What? Like, no, I don't think you get how this works. Like, I, I don't sing. The, the booking guy doesn't sing. Randy sings. Like, that's what happens when we say, oh, I just want the Holy Spirit. Like, but, but we don't need Jesus. Like, the Holy Spirit, well, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm connecting you to Jesus. That's where all the power is. That's where, that's where you're footing your faith. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit independent of, the, of Christ because that's not the Holy Spirit's job. He gets us to Jesus. He, he connects us to Jesus. All right. Keep going. Keep going. I'm, I'm going to try to kill all of these objections. All right. One after the other. Uh, next one. The, the Word. You're saying, well, no. Like, shouldn't we be all about the Bible? The Bible is really important. We need the Bible. Yes, we do. We need the Word. We need the Bible. But the Bible is about Jesus. 
We can't forget that. That there's one story in the Bible. It's the story of Jesus. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the Bible. That is the story. And just to, to make that clear, all right, one time there's a, these two guys. They're walking along. It's after the resurrection of Jesus, and they're trying to figure it out. And they're like, so we, we, we're not sure. This guy might be the Messiah, but he, like, he died and he rose again three days later. But we've never heard of that. That seems to be a weird story. And so we're just trying to figure out what the truth is. And Jesus comes by and he, he's talking to them and he's, they're expressing their doubts to him, not knowing it's Jesus. And you know what he says to them? Have you never read the Bible? You've really never seen any death and resurrection stuff in the Bible? You haven't seen raise again on the third day stuff in the Bible? Like, did you ever read the story of Jonah? Jonah and the whale dead, uh, spit out three days, resurrection. Like Daniel and the lion's den? When he like goes in and dies and then he doesn't die because the lions didn't eat him. Have you ever read the story of the, the child that's supposed to crush the serpent's head? Like that's, that's, that's Jesus. The, the Passover, the, all of the judges, these weak people who shouldn't have victory but find victory and all these causes. Like, and he challenges them and says, that's the Bible. The Bible is the story of Jesus told in a hundred million different ways so we see Jesus in all of these facets. And that's where we have, you can get into this, this trap where you're thinking, oh, I'm being biblical. And I'm looking at the Bible and you're not seeing Jesus, then you're not reading the Bible right. We need to get increasingly dissatisfied with anything that doesn't get us Jesus in the Bible. Because then Jesus by his own, his own interpretation says that that's not the way to read it. If you're not seeing Jesus, you missed the whole thing. All right. Next one. What about the law? What about the law? There's all these rules in here. It's the Ten Commandments. How can we be all about Jesus and neglect all that stuff? All right. This is a, mis a, mis um, a misunderstanding of nothing but Jesus. Sometimes we think nothing but Jesus means nothing but grace. And we think when you look up on the church's menu, it should say grace, 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 grace. Nothing but grace. That's not what we're saying. We're saying nothing but Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus knew the law. And he gave people the law. He's the one who invented the whole, uh, like, do not commit adultery. And he amps it up and says, well, and don't lust, because that's just adultery in the heart. Like, oh yeah, don't murder. And Jesus says, yeah, anger in your heart is, is equivalent to murder. You're just murdering them in your heart. Jesus believes in the law. He tells people the law. He breaks our hearts with the law to show us how desperately we need him. Jesus fulfills the law for us. He's not just throwing out cookies. Like he's, he is fulfilling the law. And then he gives us power to fulfill that law ourselves. We talked about that last week, that he gives us faith to, to believe the promises, to believe the things that are promised in Jesus. To believe not just that we get salvation from sin, but we get freedom from sin. That's a gift of the work of Jesus. So, do we believe in the law? Do we give people the law? We give people the law in and through Jesus. Otherwise, we're just crushing people. 
You will not hear the law without Jesus here. All right, last one. Last one. But I thought, I, thought the, I already know the gospel. I thought the gospel is for non-believers or for new people. Like, why do we have to keep hearing it again and again and again? Because you don't really believe it. I don't really believe the gospel. I don't fully understand the gospel. And if we did fully understand the gospel, we'd be totally radically different people. That when we have the opportunity, we're thinking like, oh, I can like suffer or I can get revenge. We're not like, oh, of course suffer. That's the gospel. Like, no, we struggle with all that and we get all angsty about it. That, that kind of stuff, that we should be so full of joy and hope and finding such victory in Jesus and just rejoicing in the salvation that we have. And we forget. In our sin, we forget. We look for other things. We replace things with the gospel. We start working again. We need to hear it again and again and again. I need to hear it again and again. You do, you do, you do. Absolutely. We're just fighting to believe this thing that is so amazing. That's why we give it to people. Because they need to hear it. They don't need all this other stuff. They don't need the law without Jesus. They don't need God the Father without Jesus, the one to get them there. They don't need the word that cuts Jesus, the whole point of the word, out of it. They need Jesus. All right. So, finally, how do we interact with this in our hearts? What do we do with this? Well, first, back to the, back to the in and out example. All right. So there are four things technically on the menu. But then there's the secret menu. The secret menu. All right. Well, what's on the secret menu? Uh, the Flying Dutchman. So you can get just a patty with cheese on it. And I guess it's like Dutch because it's cheese and they throw it. I'm not really sure. Uh, but that's what it's called. Uh, there's things like uh, you can get a grilled cheese sandwich, which they just take everything out but the cheese and the bun, and they smoosh together. Grilled cheese. All right, you can get a five by five. So if a double-double is two meat, two cheese, you can get a five by five, five meat, five cheese. <laughs> you would totally eat one, Dave. You'd be the first person I would say would eat a, double, a five by five. <laughs> All right, there used to be like, they could add any number, but then people started eating, like, ordering like 30s by 30s. <laughs> and so they, they, they brought it down, and it's like five by five. I think it's the max, so you're not allowed to get more than that. Um, but you can get flying Dutchmans and stack them on top of five by fives to create whatever you need. So there are loopholes here. All right, and that's where, that's where in and out like, it's descended into this chaos where, like, it's not about the menu anymore. All people talk about are, like, the weird combos and ways of manipulating the menu and getting behind it um, so they can get exactly what they want. All right. That's what we do to the church. We have secret menus in the church. And we see Jesus on the menu and we're like, well, I don't really want Jesus. Um, can we like use those same ingredients and get something else with Jesus? And so, there's a secret menu at a church that, a church that is a front for theology. Not Jesus, but bare theology. And there, there's the, the undertone of the church is not, I'm going to give you Jesus. The thing is, we're going to correct your theology. And make sure you're on our team. And if you're not part of that theological group, like, you're going to get cut out. 
You're not getting nothing but Jesus. You're getting Jesus and all this freight. All right, or we turn the church into the secret menu of politics. We're saying, you know what? Yeah, uh, we're going to help you make great America great again. And we're going to talk about building the wall. We're going to talk about political issues. Like, we're going we're gonna to talk about abortion every week. All this stuff, like, no. That's not the menu. That's not the menu. All right, there's stuff like, uh, we want social reform. We want this, we want that. We want this to turn our, our, our church into like a, a, just a social gathering, a community, a, a group of happy people the gospel's kind of messy, and so we don't really talk about that. All right, we have to ask ourselves, do you have a secret menu in your heart? Do you come here hoping for something different than Jesus? Are you trying to build a church with a, with a subset of what you want? And beyond that, is your life characterized by that? Does your life have a secret menu? Well, you know that the answer is supposed to be Jesus. And you want to run, you're supposed, no, you're supposed to run to Jesus, but you have these alternative things that you run to. You have other things that you think are going to satisfy you. You have things that you like better than Jesus. You have problems that you're trying to find solutions for that aren't Jesus. You like reading the Bible and finding things that have nothing to do with Jesus. Even, even non-believers have this. When they enter the church, you might have agendas like, well, like, I don't, I don't believe in evolution and I, I want to talk about that all the time or I want to talk about social issues. I want to talk about re political reform. Like, all right, take it easy. Try some Jesus. <laughs> Try some Jesus. Like, he's delicious. You're going to like him. Um, we, we like serve him up hot every week. Because uh, that's what you need. And all those things are distractions. All these things are distractions that keep us from the one that we truly need. Because in the end, like, what really matters is our relationship to Jesus. God is not going to ask you how, how good of a person you were. He's going to ask you, what is your relationship with Jesus like? When he comes to, to redeem all suffering, he's not going to do it through politics. He's not going to do it through through your family. He's not going to do it through you pulling it up by your bootstraps. It's going to be because Jesus came back and changed the world. The answers come in Jesus. And if we're discontent with Jesus, if we don't want to hear that answer, then this whole series is just going to be disappointing to you. Life is going to be disappointing to you. The church is going to be disappointing to you. When you stand before God the Father and you say, well, I focused on other things. He can say, you should have focused on Jesus. And that's why we as a church are focused on nothing but Jesus. We give ourselves and we give other people what is most important. The death and resurrection of Jesus. That you cannot and will not save yourself. But that God pours out his immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. He lavishes upon us the perfection of Jesus. He gives us all the promises in Jesus and all the faith to believe in them. In our hearts, let's seek nothing but Jesus and find the answers there. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're excited to, 
to continue in this series knowing that Jesus is the answer. And Father, we ask that in our hearts, Jesus would be the answer. That we not let other things distract us from the true mission of the church. We wouldn't let our, our hearts get distracted from false solutions and false saviors. Give us Jesus. Father, give us a taste for Jesus that we may enjoy him and love him. Would we love coming to a church and coming to Bible studies and coming to things that, that give us Jesus and give us nothing but him. Father, thank you that we cannot save ourselves. We don't have to because it's nothing but Jesus is saved. Father, would that theology inform our methods? Would that theology inform our lives?